Forgiving College Debt. Special coverage with Dave DeGenevic. We're going to get inside the mind of a constitutional law expert right now and ask him um, if the Biden administration is going to win or lose the Supreme Court battle over the student loan debt forgiveness plan that was, was argued this morning in front of the justices, Taylor. You were you you had some pretty pretty, pretty <laughs> I'm trying hot to takes be on this. Uh, uh, no, judicious you just, with my words here. No, I, you just came out of the gates when we were talking to Boyd about this about 45 minutes ago, and you said there's no way. I don't see going this to- lasting. I I think look, I think President Biden shortcut a very important policy discussion to score political points. Issued an executive order. It was done hastily. It was incomplete. There's a reason. Congress is there, and there's a process to do this legislatively, and I just don't see this being held up by the court. Uh, Jason Uliano, Associate Professor of Law at the University of Utah, uh, what's your expert take? Uh, hi, Debbie and uh, Taylor. Thanks so much for having me on the program. Uh, so I fully agree with Taylor that that's going to be the ultimate upshot of the case. And um, what I believe will happen, and it's not going to please your listeners who have student loan debt, uh, but that the court will find standing and ultimately strike down the loan forgiveness program. And let me just say a word, unpack a little bit about why I said the court will find standing, because that's really at the mm. crux of the issue here. Yeah. Uh, across the board, legal scholars are, are pretty much in agreement with Taylor that there's not substantive power for President Biden to do what he's doing. Um, but the key issue is, is there legal standing for Nebraska and the other states to actually bring a lawsuit um, to the Supreme Court to challenge this action. And I say the court will find standing because I don't think that there's actually legal standing under current case law and precedent. Uh, but that's a good thing about being the Supreme Court. You can expand precedent, you can alter it, you can tweak it. And I, I think the court, if we listen to the, uh, I've seen some of the write-ups, uh, the oral arguments aren't available yet, but I've seen some of the write-ups. And I think that's exactly what uh, the Supreme Court will do. They'll expand standing um, based on a couple cases that have come out in previous years in order to allow the state challenges to go forward here. I, I also wonder if they do um, push back on this, on the student loan forgiveness executive order uh, that President Biden put in place, if this would affect other executive orders. Maybe it's just a totally different case um, yeah. altogether, though, Jason or Professor. Yeah, so um, Chief Justice Roberts in the oral argument focused in on the major questions doctrine. And so he clearly sees this as being um, a potential to reign in executive authority. And just very briefly, the major questions doctrine says uh, that if Congress hands off power to the president, they need to do so very, very clearly and very, very explicitly. And I think that's the doctrine the court will use to strike down the uh, loan forgiveness here. They'll say that it wasn't given with explicit enough um, power and allocation, and that Congress didn't contemplate the president using the power in this way. And the other thing I want to add is that um, I I don't think there's legal standing here, but I think the way the Supreme Court's going to look at this, uh, we're often told two wrongs don't make a right. But here I think that's one of those rare exceptions where two wrongs actually do make a right. Um, Across the board, there's not legal power for President Biden to do what he's doing. And so the Supreme Court, in a certain sense, is going to expand precedent, change it a little bit um, along standing doctrine dimensions in order to um, get to the substantive aspect of this case in order to rein in the Biden administration. Now, Professor, I want to get a sense of how long this process is going to take, because we know that 
student loan repayments have been frozen. They've been frozen since March the, the, since COVID, and they are still frozen uh, through uh, sixty days after this litigation wraps. And so, how, when will that be? When, for those who have student loans, when will they actually have to start making repayments? So under the course traditional timeline, we'd expect a decision in late June, somewhere around then. Um, It may come earlier because the court has actually done something procedurally very, very unusual in the student loan case. Uh, They've granted on the legal front what's known as a a writ of certiorari before judgment, which means that they've grabbed the case from the Court of Appeals before the Court of Appeals has made um, an actual decision on the merits. And that's only happened two dozen times or so in the past 30 years. So it's Mm. very, very unusual. Well, Professor of Law at the University of Utah, Jason uh, Uliano, thank you for joining us uh, to help walk us through this very big uh, case today that was before the Supreme Court this morning. And just let the record show that if I was a law student at the University of Utah, I'd be signing up for all, all your classes. (laughs) Thank you so much for making it so snackable and easy for us to understand this morning. Brewing Utah weather. Special coverage on KSL News Radio. Let's turn now to KSL meteorologist Kevin Eubank. Hey, Kevin, Taylor Morgan's in today for Dave Noriega, so you don't have Dave to push around right now. <laughs> I just be on your best behavior. Okay, that's your name. Hey, like, come big... on. I'm, I'm fun. <laughs> Wait a second, Deb. I don't push anybody around. Come on. I respect Taylor. I respect Dave. I respect you. <laughs> You're the best. Let's talk snow. Uh, yeah, Taylor is actually, he's actually a skier. He told me he skis up at Alta a lot, and you just looked at the snow totals. He's kind of doing your job for you there, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's go. Morgan, let's roll this thing. Should I, I call in sick this afternoon, or should I cancel all my meetings for tomorrow? Cancel all your meetings for tomorrow. So right. what we had last night was a little burst in the valleys, a quick one to two inches, caused some problems for the morning commute. But the sun is out now. Storm is over. We'll see a little bit of wind in the afternoon because the next storm is dropping in for tomorrow morning. Should be here between 4 and 5 in the morning. It'll snow for most of the day. Totals will be similar. It's not a big storm for the valleys. One to three in the valleys, two to four up on the benches. But the mountains are the big winners. They got a foot yesterday. They got a foot last night. They're going to get another foot tomorrow. Huge totals in the mountains of Utah. And it just seems like it's been going on and on and on. So tomorrow will be the bigger storm for the mountains. And then we're done for a little while. We'll get a couple clip buys on Thursday, Friday. Another one Saturday, Sunday. But uh, the good news is, Debbie, you're not shoveling a foot in the valleys. That's the I, best yeah, it is, but I will tell you, the commute was once again slick this morning. Not as bad as it has been in the past, but I'm, I think my nerves have kind of overwinter. i got to be honest with you. If Mother Nature just kind of turned off the snow spigot right now, I wouldn't no, be sad. No, 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 I would Debbie, not be sad. But, but so, Kev, I, I was, we were talking to, you know, your coworker in the weather department, Matt Johnson, earlier today, and we're talking yeah. about this weather pattern going like kind of in, in through March, it looks like. That's right. Long-term charts show that the overall flow coming in from the Pacific is so good that we're going to continue to see the stormy pattern right on through, you know, March is tomorrow, right? So we're right on yeah. through the next couple of couple of uh, uh, weeks. And, and the good news is we so need it. We have the water capacity. There's a lot of people who are talking flooding. Hey, we'll cross that bridge when we get there. We've got capacity <laughs> to handle the water. There's nothing we can do about how much snow falls from the sky. So let's just take what we get. Yeah, I love it.
Kevin Eubank, KSL Meteorologist, thanks so much for jumping on the line with us this morning and just giving us a heads up about tomorrow morning's commute. Oh, Kev, don't hang up. I just want to ask you real quick. So should I leave my house at 3.30 in the morning to make it? Uh, before the snow starts flying at 4 a.m., is that what you're? Is that what you're looking at in terms of? The no, you're models? an experienced driver. I've heard <laughs> I've heard your stories forever. No, Just was... drive solid. Taylor's calling in sick. So what's That's the right. I was. I mean, by the time look, I took Redwood Road all the way in this morning from the very south end of the valley because I just did not want to be on the freeway with all those daredevils this morning on my drive in. And by the time I got to the bridge at North Temple, I was ready to break down and cry, Kev. (laughs) Well, let me tell you real quick because I know our time's up. Tomorrow morning, it's starting around 4 or 5 a.m. Today, it was ending around 6 or 7 a.m. So it'll be better tomorrow because you're going in at the very beginning of the event. All right, Kevin Eubank. We'll be watching you on KSL 5 TV, too.